This is the Seabed Daily Text. Elijah and the problem with the Democrats and the Republicans. 1 Kings 19, 1 and 2. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Consider this. This is the way, indeed, from glory to glory. We left Elijah in the midst of what appeared to be a victory lap, something of a scene from the old Chariots of Fire movie, hint, foreshadowing. Elijah was running like a man possessed toward Jezreel, even passing King Ahab's chariot on the way. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. And did I mention it was raining cats and dogs? For those of you reading in India and elsewhere, that's an expression in America meaning a torrential downpour. What could be better? Elijah was on cloud nine. Elijah must have thought his life was about to drastically improve. Maybe he would get a new home and some honorific title from the king. Perhaps a promotion, even a raise, at least a medal. I picture King Ahab excitedly telling Queen Jezebel all the good news of what had happened. The drought was over. The economy was about to spike up. And then this happened. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. It was never about rain for Jezebel. It was all about power and control. Baalism, like all worldly systems, was this dastardly unholy alliance between a nation and a religion manipulated by power structure to privilege and benefit one group at the cost of another, while promising prosperity for everyone, i.e. the Politburo and the proletariat, the monarchy and the state church, the Democrats and secular progressivism, the Republicans and Christian nationalism. And I know I'm painting with a broad brush there and making overgeneralized and perhaps unfair associations. Please be assured I'm not making political judgments other than to say the entire system, no matter how noble it may have begun or well-intentioned its leaders may be, is now thoroughly corrupted 
and irredeemably so. Irredeemably? Yes, systems cannot be redeemed. Only people can be redeemed. And only truly redeemed people can truthfully reform systems. This is why the only viable solution is great awakening. In saying all this, I intend to offend no one in particular and everyone in general, and certainly not to prompt angry emails or bitter arguments, but the deep internal self-examining question, am I offended? And why does this offend me? And is my hope somehow tangled up in an ideological framework which always attaches itself to some manner of functional idolatry? A few weeks back, I was early for church and eavesdropping on the conversation unfolding in the pew behind me. They were somewhat civilly ranting about the problems in the government and the economy and on and on with both agreement and disagreement about the solution. As the worship service was beginning, one of them closed the conversation with this. Well, one thing is certain. All our hopes are riding on the midterm elections. Okay, take a deep breath. I wanted to delete the last three paragraphs, but am compelled to leave it and suffer the consequences. And what does this have to do with the text anyway, some of you are asking? Well, nothing and everything. Elijah was not trying to find some tenable, moderate position on the political or ideological spectrum somewhere between King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. He lived squarely in the world of the system and the system of the world, yet he was not allied with or beholden to any of it. He was a prophet whose unflinching and costly loyalty was to the God of Israel. He was not beholden to a leader or a party, and by now he was thoroughly detached from his own self-interest. He had done the right thing, walking in the way of obedience, and yet it was going down as the wrong thing. All of the people were being blessed by God, and yet the power structure was being destabilized by the cracking of its false foundation. This, my friends, is what awakening looks like and how it happens. This is what prophets and prophetic people do, and they are despised for it even crucified. But they have a propensity for losing their way into winning, of rising again. And on the scoreboard of eternity, 
they remain undefeated. This is the way from glory to glory. The prayer. Abba Father, thank you for Elijah and for your prophets. I confess it is easy to think of prophets as someone special or at least someone else. It is easy to think the gospel of the kingdom does not concern itself with the petty problems of the world. It is easy to just concede that this is how things have always been and always will be. It is easy to excuse ourselves from inconvenient convictions and just get along and go along. We need awakening. Jesus, I need awakening. I need the piercing grace and truth of the Word of God and the Spirit of God to rend my heart. Yes, Lord, begin with me. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, what do you make of this entire unfolding story? Does it encourage you? Are you aligning your life with the pattern of awakening? God reveals and we respond. Are you learning to trust what you can't see? For the awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.